you better watch out. You better not cry. There's a terrorist attack. It can only be saved by one guy and a St. Bernard. Dan Brown and Heyman save Christmas. That's right. Dan Brown, my co-host of Mark and Dan Meets World, has his full comic book series out and available right now. A real Scrooge of a terrorist blows up Santa's toy shop, putting Christmas in jeopardy. It's on a recently fired comedian and his trusty four-legged best friend to make sure Christmas is saved for all the boys and girls across the world. Dan Brown and Heyman, save Christmas. You can go to danbrowncomedy.com for more information. That's danbrowncomedy.com. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mark and Dan Meets World. I'm Dan Brown. And I'm Mark McKay. Mark, how you doing today, my brother? I'm doing so good, man. Uh, dude, we finally made it. End of season one, and we're at the season one wrap-up. What an amazing season we had. Absolutely it was. It, it, it set the table, it laid the groundwork, whatever cliché that you want to use about Boy Meets World Season 1. It did it for the rest of the series. I am so happy that we did this. We are going to be talking the different episodes. We are going to be answering your questions. We have a list of literally every single person that we have killed off on this show (laughs) this season. (laughs) We're talking about our love for Mr. Feeney a little bit more. But I do want to send a shout out here. One person whose name we have left off the list up until right now he directed every episode with the exception of the pilot, David Trainer. David Trainer, you were the unsung hero for this season, and I really want to thank you. You do? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we just brought up the tally of the you do's from three to two. We were deadlocked. All right, so everybody's been asking me. This is one of the questions we've seriously been getting was the, hey, who's winning between the you do's? And then I had to go back and then listen to every episode. We were deadlocked at two to two. And then, bam, I just got you at the last minute. Three to two. Everybody, I'm going to finish off season one, the winner of the you do's. (laughs) Well, there's still a lot of time left on the clock. However, I think this is what it feels like in a hockey game where (laughs) the the score is deadlocked for so long and all the fans are anticipating and they're exciting. And then all of a sudden with the final minute left on the clock, the home team scores and everyone loses their shit and they're throwing babies up in the air. Mark, congratulations, man. You got me. (laughs) Dude, this is uh. This is the Bulls versus the Pistons. Classic rivalry. I'm clearly Michael Jordan here going on, just dunking baskets in. (laughs) I wonder what that makes me. I must be Larry Bird then. (laughs) But I'll tell you what I am. I am very happy to every single person who listened to this podcast for the last 20, technically, the last 24 episodes because we did throw in two girl meets world episodes during this time as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for just listening to us, sending us your likes and tweets and uh, following us everywhere and just giving us love. We got uh, a couple questions we're going to answer from you guys. And 
we just love the response for you guys. Keep it going. Keep sharing. We love you guys for keep doing this. So keep it going. What was your favorite episode from the season? Uh, so one of the first questions we've got is actually from uh, Jordan Stevenson, who said, uh, guys, what's your favorite episode of season one? My favorite episode will probably be Teacher's Bet, just because that was such a heartfelt, meaningful episode. It just that whole episode, like it kind of changed me when I first saw it. And it made me realize that racism is still around. And I, I think that episode is still relevant more so today than has ever been. What about you? What's your favorite episode of season one? I would say teacher's bet as well. Uh, one, because of the point you made about the racism still being around. And the other point is that we just need to give teachers a lot more respect than what they have been given. Because mm-hmm. that was shown that all of the disrespect that Feeney has to deal with and how difficult of a job that he has. And as a society, we can do a much better job appreciating our teachers. I will say this because we both had the same favorite show. My number two show from the season is going to have to be Santa's little helper. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, if for no other reason, Morgan thinking she killed Santa. <laughs> yes. I remember that one. Uh, yeah. That impromptu, uh, ad we had where it was um mr feeney's or the uh the impromptu ad we had where it was santa gets his revenge on morgan that was that was a lot of fun so another question we've gotten is it kind of relates to the last one but did we have a mr feeney in middle school what about you did you have somebody who was kind of like in every grade or who taught you something more than just the lesson in middle school yeah, the main teacher I would have to say is Mr. Sullivan. He actually, he was the band teacher. His first year teaching at Brooklyn High School was my sixth grade year. So he directed middle school and high school band at that time. So mm-hmm. when my senior class graduated, we were his first class that he saw all the way through. And he was a, he was a great guy, great teacher, so passionate about music his love for his job and everything he did. Yeah. Mr. Sullivan was a great dude. Uh, One of the Mr. Feeney's I had in middle school was a teacher by the name of Mrs. O'Callaghan. I've had her in seventh and eighth grade. And she was not only just like a great teacher that taught us lessons, but she taught us lessons in life as well. And we pretty much clicked it pretty well because she she was a, you know, a child of the eighties. So she knew like all these like eighties hair bands. Like I said, a couple episodes ago where I was really into like eighties hair metal. So we bonded, like she bonded with me because, Hey, this kid actually knows poison and Motley Crue and twisted sister. So we bonded on music and she just like, was just an amazing teacher and her husband's in a band. So, uh, we found each other on Facebook. So like, she's the only teacher I have that like I'm friends with on Facebook. And she will like, tell me, she told me that her husband's in a band. She invited me to go check out her band, her husband's band. And then we were just kind of like reunited after like, like 15 years at that moment. So it was kind of cool to kind of catch up with her. And she's still the same, crazy heart you know she's still the crazy warm loving 
teacher I knew in middle school. And uh, she told me once that uh, she's proud of the man I grew up to be. And uh, like, it's, it all comes from her. So she was just an, a, an amazing teacher. So shout out to Mrs. O'Callahan. Awesome. That's great to hear that, man. Attention, Mark and Dan Meets World listeners. The suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio are about to meet their match when three best friends have come across hardships on trying to make their dream movie. Follow Craig, Jamie, and motherfucker Dave as they beg, borrow, and steal their way to achieve legendary status only in Mark McKay's indie comedy hit, Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road. Starring Sean Manos, Mary Lee Osborne, Matthew Phillips, Josh Miller, Haley Madison, and a special appearance by Lloyd Kaufman. I have one question for you. Are you ready to be a suburban legend? Available now on storeenvy.com slash Mark McKay's Gimmick Table. That's storeenvy, S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y dot com slash M-A-R-K-M-A-C-K-A-Y-E-S Gimmick Table. Do we have any other questions? Yes, we do. We got... A question from Tom S. Favorite moment of season one. What's your favorite moment? My favorite moment of season one. Oh, boy. If I have to think about it, I would say probably what I thought the funniest part of season one, especially in hindsight, is that nobody stopped Corey from painting the fence on the fence. Or nobody stopped Corey from painting the shutters on the fence. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> that, that's definitely more more funnier than mine. I, I was going to go with the first like high-five moment between Corey and Topanga. Where Corey starts giggling. Yeah, where he starts insanely giggling because that's when he like that's when he got his message that's when he starts kind of going like yeah this is going to be the Corey and topanga love show for like now on it, it just kind of like spoke of like what's gonna happen but funniest moment i would have to say when Corey goes to throw the water balloon and he turns around and everybody yes. just has super soakers <laughs> and just douses him with water and then mr feeney comes in going like the water fountain's not for playing mr matthews yeah and he just takes a sip flicks it off his mustache and then goes about his business <laughs> great moments yeah An all right another question we have we got it from bruce c who says how did you guys meet do you remember when we met this is actually an incredible story. Um, yeah, I remember you had to remind me of it, like after the second or third time that we reconnected. Yes. We met years ago, years and years ago. We at were your probably salon. Yes. We had to have been five. like little, little kids. Yeah, like five, like real little. So, yeah, we met there because your... Because I remember my mom used to go there for her haircut because they were friends growing up. Yeah. My mom and your mom. Because I believe uh, they went to high school together. I think they were neighbors. Yes, because your grandma knew my grandma. Yeah. And then we would you always play together. And I do remember playing in my grandma's backyard in a pool with you. 
because I remember everybody always said Mark and Danny. And it, like you know, time passed by. You guys sure, moved you just don't away. Think about it. Yeah, you know, it was just kids that like played together. So we just kind of like separated, and then uh, yeah, I went into wrestling and movies. You went into stand up, and <clears throat> so we just like our paths just kind of like separated. And then it wasn't till 2015, 2016. 2016 is when I joined Superheroes of Kids in Ohio. Yes. So we met back up uh, in May of 2016. Uh, at this point, I we were both in Superheroes of Kids in Ohio, which we've mentioned earlier on the show, where it was like a charity group where we kind of dress up as superheroes, visit kids in hospitals. We were doing this whole big thing where we shut down the city of Illyria and have bad guys take over the city and have the good guys save it. And I remember because I was penned to write and direct the show and I was just kind of going between everybody and talking to everybody. And then we just kind of met and then we just like, Oh yeah. Hey, you know, cool. We, we bonded pretty instantly over just like Batman and, just we were just laughing. So I remember we added each other. And then it popped up on Facebook. My mom called me. She's like, How do you know Danny Brown? And I was like, You mean Dan Brown? I yeah. was like, Yeah, he's <laughs> he's uh he's in the superhero group. Him and his fiance they're in it. So like we all just met and kind of had fun. She goes, Yeah. And then she proceeds to tell me the story that you know we just told how like how we used to play as kids. And then um, I started thinking. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and then I started thinking about it. And I was like, oh, shit. I, I've seen Dan several times in the past because my brother and I, we're actually like really huge stand-up fans. So like as soon as I turned 21, we just hit every single stand-up show we can go. Improv, um, hilarities we've been to all these like little small open mics here and there and then we i remember seeing you open up because you did a bit on reading the oath from the green lantern the green lantern oath yep and then i remember saying that and i repeated it a long time along with you and the darkest day and the blackest night yeah and then like <laughs> everybody else was like what the fuck and i was like this guy's hilarious and then you were saying like you had like several jokes that like I still use today. Like you had one where uh, your your uh, job asked you to write down three goals, and it was to go to WrestleMania. Um, what was the second? Fight a bear at the carnival. Fight a bear at the carnival, and then watch all six Rocky movies without getting up to pee. And then at a work retreat I had to go to, I remember yeah. writing down the exact same things. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was just like, oh, man, we I've seen him perform several times. And then it wasn't until free comic book night at Carol and John's comic book shop. 2016. Yeah, I was yeah, in 2016. Line. This is like we've met us several times leading up to it. And then you and Tracy were in line. And then I just kind of went up to you. I'm like, yeah. You know, and then going back and just t retelling the story we just told you guys, and then we just bonded that way. So like ever since then, we just always talked about wrestling, uh, comic books, stand up, uh, just everything. And then wasn't till I can remember where I remember you were a Boy Meets World fan. Uh, yeah, it was also something on your brother because your brother put something out on Facebook. 
Mm-hmm. And in the background on his television, I pinpointed the episode of Boy Meets <laughs> World that he was watching at the time. And he was like, you are correct. And I had to show him my Twitter bio that I'm a Boy Meets World historian. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember you commented on it. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Mark likes Boy Meets World too. This is great. Yeah. And then it wasn't until, like, if one of the good things that came out of 2020 was that it shut everything down. And then, like, we were just kind of, like, blocked away. Couldn't, like, really interact with anybody. So then I was just kind of I shot a message out to Dan. I was like, "Hey, what do you what are you guys up to? Are you guys okay?" And then we were just immediately just went like, "Yeah, everything's cool. You've been watching Boy Meets World on Disney Plus." Yeah. <laughs> like, we just like started talking about that. We're like, "Why the fuck isn't there a Boy Meets World podcast?" So then yeah. we've been kind of like just talking about it for months until we finally did it. So this is this is a fun like kind of like how our lives just kind of like were together and then just separated and then how we just kept like meeting together and then just came back and now we're doing this podcast. This is awesome. It is it is really cool. Something I thought was really cool from the show. And it we had to wrap up the stories for many characters that we never saw again. Yes. <laughs> because Michael Jacobs and I'm gonna blame David Trainer too. David, this is your fault as well. There were many people we never saw again in the show. And you put that on us to kill your characters. Yes, come on. So that leads us to the in memorandum of season one. Bow your heads. Grab your Kleenex. You're about to cry. Rest in peace, Chauncey. Rest in peace. Vanessa Kincaid. Rest in peace. Leonard Spinelli. Rest in peace. Bernice Grandma Matthews. Rest in peace. Jessica Feeney. Rest in peace. Nebula. Stop the War Lawrence. Rest in peace. Air. Harris Robinson. Rest in peace. Manny the Spear Guy. Rest in peace, Nurse Jill. And a very special rest in peace to our boy, Elias Dewan Guy. The last question we got from our listeners comes from Sam R. And he asks, which character do we relate to the most? From season one. Don Gibb. <laughs> Fuck yes. Hashtag jobs for Don Gibb. No, I would have to say, especially in hindsight, I I related to Corey um, as a kid, and I relate to Alan Matthews as an adult and as a father. Yeah, uh, I I, I side with that one 100%. You do? Oh, God damn it. Fuck. Three to three. I'll see you next season, motherfucker. Shit. (laughs) Damn it. You just tied the score. Damn it. All right, we're at three to three on the you do's. Fuck. Thought I was going to win this one. Well, anyway, <laughs> I uh, related to Corey the most, uh, and then definitely Alan Matthews as I'm starting to get up there in age, just seeing them react. But yeah, Corey, so much. Like, Corey just brings back so much memories of when I was in middle school. 
So, Mark, I want to say I, I do believe that this season was an absolute success. Uh, you and I, like, this was our first real podcast. I, I'm pretty sure, like, you've done podcasts before, though, right? Yeah, I've done a few of them here and there. Yeah, I did too, but, like, this was our first, like, okay, hands-on, let's have fun, and let's talk about something we both absolutely love and have a main topic. Um, so this whole thing was produced and ran by you and I. Mm-hmm. Just two fans of Boy Meets World. Just so next it. season, we are looking for an editor. Um, hashtag jobs for Don Gibb. <laughs> yes, please contact us, Don Gibb. We have a job waiting for you. And you guys have done an excellent job. Thank you so much for listening this past season. It has truly meant the world to us. Please continue to listen to us on all the different platforms that you are. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Mark and Dan Meets World. You're following us on Instagram, at Mark and Dan Meets World. We're going to keep throwing up bonus content. We're going to keep answering your questions. We're going to keep following you back. We truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. For Mark, I'm Dan. I can't wait for next season. We'll see you there. Do good. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan.